What's up, this is Daniel Montero with Ganjay Smoke Break. We're out here in Miranda, California, Southern Humboldt. It's been a beautiful day. Uh, Jared took time out of his day to come out here and hang out. We've been barbecuing, puffing down heavy. <laughs> I look forward to uh, using that tool that you got. Nice. Um, so I got a little bit of a joint left, but uh, Jared's got something cool here, so we'll kind of take a dab, I guess is what it is, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, and so Jared, <clears throat> you are a friend of a friend. This is the first time that we're meeting is today. Um, and so I want to say thank you for making the time and, and I'm really um, uh, curious and I'm eager to find out about uh, your history with a plant and we were talking about some, some tragedy that happened. Um, I guess as fate would have it, maybe ended up with you being here. Yeah. But um, could you please introduce yourselves to the audience as to your current role in the industry before we take it back? Yeah. So I, uh, my current role, well, my name is Jared Boudreau. Um, I've been in cannabis um, for quite a long time um, as a 215 patient in California. Um, I've been doing this um, medically. I mean, I started growing CBD strains was the first thing that I, I wanted to do. I figured if I was gonna grow something, I'd grow medicine. Mm -hmm. And uh, that quickly, um, you know, I, I was growing in a basement, basically, my, my plants and trying to figure out what are the medicinal effects of this, what, what, what's going on. And, and then a neighbor of mine ended up getting ill. And we were able to um, use those plants to help him get better. And that kind of triggered something in me. I, I was kind of really excited at that point to, to be able to help somebody with the plant. And so we did. I mean, I helped the guy uh, get better, or I helped him have access to the, the plant material. Um, during that time, I uh, was working with Rick Simpson. Um, you were working with Rick Simpson? Yeah, over Facebook. I mean, we weren't personally uh, talking over the phone, but we were messaging over Facebook uh, different methods of... That's cool. Uh, you know, I, I was like, do you know about CBD? And, you know, and back then it, he didn't really know um, about the different compounds. It was take an indica plant, you make oil out of it, you give it to the patient. And so... What year was this? This was 2007. Mm -hmm. I started in 2005 um, growing medical plants and uh, I mean it, it goes all over the place really I don't know where to tell the story or where to kind of start from but yeah I was gonna actually just interject real quick you know um, you were talking about being on vacation out here in California yeah, right <laughs> when some tragedy happened and was it here in Humboldt County uh, I was living in uh, Laguna Beach mm -hmm. I was on Laguna, in Laguna Beach I say living I was on vacation and Hurricane Katrina hit and we couldn't get a flight home for three months. So we were living with a friend in a one bedroom, uh, in a, just a bedroom, right? Uh, for months with a three months old baby and uh, trying to figure out how to adapt to this new uh, lifestyle that we were been force fed. And uh, I had a construction company, I had 25 employees. We were doing pretty well. Like I said, we were doing the historical restoration in New Orleans. In New Orleans, yeah. And so that was my first passion, is to really restore historical stuff. Um, I, I like old things. I like to be able to restore things instead of just buying new. Mm -hmm. Kind of cradle to cradle. 
is kind of burned into my mind. Uh, I don't know why, but it, it transcended into cannabis also. And so did you ever go back to uh, Illinois? You're fr or, I'm sorry, you're from? Louisiana. Louisiana, correct. Yeah. Did you ever go back there? Did you stay out here? We pretty much stayed out here. I got the flight to go back home three months later. We drove in video cameraing the, the experience and you know, it was, it was pretty wild. Um, if you can imagine a, a whole city that's a bowl, everything's below sea level. It's a series of 13 bowls actually. It's not one big bowl, if you can look at it that way. And as the levees broke, it, it lifted all the material and shifted it all around the whole area. So it was about four foot tall of just everything that you can imagine from ice chests to <coughs> sofas to you name it. And so to get into our actual neighborhood, they were bulldozed down the road paths, make a cul-de-sac and every two streets they would do that so we could crawl to our houses or at least get close. And it was so bad that we ended up just leaving everything we thought we were bringing to save. We just kind of left everything there got back on the plane and flew back to California. Oh, sewage comes up, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's nasty. what we were realizing. You know, I have a ba we had a three-month-old baby, right? And so uh, who wants to kind of sit in that mold and figure it out? Even as lucrative as it was, I had lots of opportunity to make a whole lot of money. And I, I just, I couldn't do it. I didn't want to be living there and subject myself to the, the mold, the, the toxic things that were, all the oil, all the, I mean, you name it, it was out there and you could smell it when you were there. So I, it wasn't worth it to me. And so we, we risked it all and came back to California <coughs> and started new <coughs> with nothing, literally. And but you were in SoCal still at, at this that, point? At that point, we were in Laguna Beach. Mm -hmm. and, and the people in Laguna Beach were amazing. They really, they, they helped us out so amazingly. They uh, gave us clothes, they gave us baby toys, you know, they really, money, they were really supportive. And uh, it was, it was, it, we kind of took that on as our home. And at this point you weren't smoking cannabis? Oh no, we were, I've been smoking cannabis um, pretty much my whole life, for a long time. Um, but you weren't involved in the industry? No, no, not at this point, because we, you know, we didn't even know when I got here in 2005, when we lost everything, I didn't even realize that you could go into a store that there were dispensaries. You go to jail for a really long time in Louisiana for a joint, for a roach. Uh -huh. And so it's really taboo there. So when I landed in California and I saw that you could go into a store and legally buy the stuff with a 215 card, I don't know. The first time I walked into a dispensary, it changed my life. I, it, it really was the angels singing, the place glowed. It was, it was all of that, all the things I've seen in movies that kind of made fun of that scenario, it actually happened in reality for me. And so I knew something special was going on at that point. And uh, I, I started paying attention to the, meta, the medical side of what was going on. And because I was doing that, the shop owners took notice of me and would give me their genetic material to kind of make stuff out of. Uh -huh. And that's in, you know, partly how I ran into the man, you know, okay. Kevin. Yeah, mm -hmm. he is, you know. I, how I did was, you meet him? When he was operating grass, which was. Oh, this one, uh, the nursery just started. Yeah, it was, that's 
Dup time. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so grass, when he was operating grass is whenever we went down there and uh, we realized that he was connected with Larry Ringo and he had all of his genetic material and he was giving it away because Larry basically just died, unfortunately. I, he was the inspiration of me coming up here to Humboldt was to, to meet Larry and the 5% um, Harlesu strain that he had produced that I had read about to get me to come up here because I was breeding with um, several other strains down south but I couldn't get the percentage very high because I had just a few strains I was playing with so I wanted to add that to my my, my strain list or my uh, cultivar list and when I got up here basically I met him and three months later he was he was he died and so it was a, a tragedy for the entire community and the world really I'm sorry for those that don't know who Ringo is Larry Ringo is um, a, a grower in Humboldt County um, who he grew strains but he paid attention to this one particular strain that helped him with his back and he realized that he was getting these medicinal benefits from this one particular cultivar and he did a breeding pro I mean a, um, a, a test with Samantha Miller as I'm remembering uh, is who helped him kind of go through those genetics and and when he found that one particular plant that was helping him with his back they realized it had 5% CBD in it and so that was which was like a breakthrough yeah that was the first in the world uh, that 5% there was nothing before then that we had been exposed to and oddly enough Kevin um, went to Spanibus and ran into a guy named Jaime who had the canatonic line who, per, who won and actually had a 5% CBD also and so the genius that Kevin is goes and grabs Jaime and says hey come to my hometown and meet Larry we got to do a breeding project so that's what they did they did that breeding project that occurred at, at uh, Dreddy Aaron's and I started receiving that genetic material through grass when I got here and I had been converting all those materials, stabilizing it, bag breeding it, crossing it, because I realized at that point how big it was going to be and I don't think everyone really did notice. And what year was that again? I'm sorry. That was 2012 <clears throat> to 13. Um, they, they didn't get because I, I was working with the CBDs and I could see the, the medicinal effects it was really having. I knew the power of it. And so when they were releasing this stuff for free, I, I just, it's what makes me love Kevin today because he, he, he did, they didn't have to give that stuff away. He could have charged. He could have tried to create more of an industry out of it, but he gave it away to create the industry so that we actually all have something to eat from one day. Because... Medical cannabis has been around since 96, and no attention really started to happen until we started talking about CBDs, and Sanjay Gupta came on the scene, and then the mothers started paying attention to these kids with epilepsy and seizures, that it started to really get traction, that this is medical, therapeutic benefits that come out of this plant. So, it, you know, it's a really good thing, what, what they did by giving that genetic material out and, and allowing us all to be exposed to it 
And so I took the material, I helped, I've always given it away, I've never charged anybody for oil or to help them with their illnesses ever. For, for those in the audience that uh, don't know much about CBD, uh, in a few sentences, can you share what CBD is essentially? CBD is um, cannabidiol. It's one of the many compounds in cannabis. And we talk about um, THC and CBD and CBG and CBN and THCV. There's over 200 compounds now that we know are in cannabis. And we don't even really know what they all do, really. We're only talking about maybe five to 10 of the compounds in some sort of concentrate to where we can see what they actually do. So I'm in the process of partnering with a, a, a biotech company that does nano injections. Um, it, my goal is to find out what all of those other compounds do now so we can really start trying to tailor strains that have ratios of all these other compounds that we haven't been exposed to yet. What does nano injection mean? Well, they're making these nano, uh, you know, I'm no nano guy, but basically he's taking nanoparticles um, and they have a transdermal injection method where they can actually shoot it into your skin and get the medicine to you that way. They make nanoparticles where they do these hydrophobic uh, hairs that grow on it. And we sent them isolates of all these different compounds. They made nanoparticles out of it and they actually lasted way longer than they thought, which is great. And we just got that information back about three weeks ago. So the next phase of that project is to create more of those nanoparticles and then start injecting them into the tumor database that we have. Um, tumor database? A tumor database. It's, it's several different, all you know, lots of different tumors that we've taken and that are in a database so that they can be studied. And so we're trying to make nanoparticles out of these different compounds and inject them into these tumors to see exactly what they do so that we can, we can change the game in a large way because we are taking something that's normally not seen because it's in such small amounts. And because it's going into a nano, now it's large amounts because when you nano when you nano particleize something it takes very little to make that amount of medicine and so that's the next phase of this is trying to go into what do all the other compounds really do how, how do you feel about the commercialization of cbd um all right i'm sure you're very well aware of the cbd in walgreens and cvs yeah. and i've uh, read that a lot of these products don't have the cbd that they claim to have yeah have you read about that it, it, you know, CBD is an isolate, it is the isolated f compound, and that can be put into anything, and it does have its therapeutic effects to things, but the broad spectrum cannabinoids have much more of a healing properties when you can have the terpene, the entourage effect from the terpenes, because the, the terpenes affect your hippocampus, and the cannabinoids affect your endocannabinoid system. So having them both is really what you need in order to, to help you remediate certain illnesses in yourself. Inclusive of THC? THC is its own compound. Um, it, it's the, the, the Delta 9 affects the psychoactive part of the relationship and it also allows other 
CBD components can become active. The CBDA, uh, THCA, is really the most beneficial compound in my mind as it relates to this medical cannabis plant because it's, it's the compound that actually does the most tumor removal, the most remediation of things the fastest. And while CBD may have a broader spectrum of benefits, THC is going to help you live if you have a tumor. Um, C large amounts of CBD aren't necessarily going to remove a tumor. You need THCA in high volumes to have a chance, you know. And this is all me saying this, right? This is not, I'm no doctor. I'm just going from experience of having helped people for years and developing uh -huh. strains and creating compounds and not, you know, trying it on different people. And, you know, that's my experience is real life. I'm not kind of, I, I read clinical trials and preclinical trials on the things. Um, but a lot of the data is skewed because it's, you know, for whatever reason, I could split different things apart all day, but. And I'm sorry, when I think of CBD, I think of commodity. I think of, you know, the big players getting in. I think of thousands of acres. And yes. I know you're making some cool moves, which I want to hear about. Is there such thing as craft CBD versus what will be the CBD market? Absolutely. And in the future, as the market matures, we're going to really see that. Yeah, the, this, the hemp market is largely unregulated for the next 18 to 20 months. And so people are just growing on anything. And because they can create that CBD isolate out of a low uh, THC strain, and it's called hemp because they signed the farm bill, they can go create a lot of this biomass and create a lot of isolate and put it into several different products. So that's beneficial. Um, if, if you're trying to flood the market with lots of different quote-unquote catchy products but to actually have a, a healing effect the ground needs to be healthy the plant needs to be uh, grown in a healthy manner it needs to be dried and cured properly all of these things that we do in medical cannabis need to go to hemp as it relates to the smokable products and anything we're going to consume if we're going to make textiles and we're going to make other products out of it that aren't consumed then whatever okay grow it in uh, in a place that maybe does need some remediated soil because there is a, a toxic environment it's what they use the chernobyl with sunflowers they plant the hemp to remove a lot of the radiation uh -huh. from the soil so right about it that. naturally does that so it being thrown all around the country for the next three years which at two years is going to largely help us clean up the environment but if we don't do it in a responsible way and we let people smoke this stuff that we're using to clean up the environment, that's a problem. So, you know, I'm trying to involve myself as much as I can with the limited time that I have to get on these commissions to kind of help them understand how to regulate all these different avenues uh, within the industry. Um, cannabis has it figured out. I, I'm not trying to reinvent any wheels there. They're the most regulated industry in the market. Um, but hemp is largely unregulated. And when they do start to regulate it, it, it needs to be done properly. Mm -hmm. So they can't have smokable and you can't have those niche um, brands that do make smokable products um, like you're asking. Now, <clears throat> you're, you're kind of going big, right? In, in what you're doing right now? It's, yeah, probably the largest that I know of. I mean. I, we're, we've got a 100-acre permit for hemp in Lake County, and we're working with 
developing the pilot program on how things kind of should be done out there. Um, we have 20 acres for seed production and research, which is really what I'm excited about. Um, and so my question is, if who you're up against are these guys who have literally thousands of acres or a thousand acres, what is your plan to communicate to the consumer to differentiate yourself as craft CBD? Well, we are we have the seeds. Uh, the seed portion of the company is really what we're going to drive home. I, I've been collecting these genetics that people don't have, just because you want to get in the game. Genetics, yeah. And you want to get in right now, and you got a lot of money. Does not mean you started doing this in 2005. I'm kind of a hoarder of genetics. I've just been collecting and making and stashing things, and I don't even know what I got to be honest. I do know what I do have on some of the things, but in the large majority of my vault, I don't even know really what's in there. And so having the seed company or the ability to go through all of those cultivars and hunt out the outliers, that's exciting to me. Licensing those out to different companies around the country and other countries. Um, developing Smart. strains that are resistant to mold because there's lots of different climates in the world and just because you're in a weird climate doesn't mean you shouldn't have access to the cannabis plant or the hemp plant so that you can you know make some some good oils and uh, you know while hemp is you know at the, the point three zone at this point I think they're the legislators are going to move that up a little bit because if we can have beer that quote unquote doesn't have alcohol in it, but it does. That same ratio we should probably have in hemp uh, to some degree if we're gonna call it not. And, and what we're at now at 0.3 is extremely low. And as a cultivator, it's really hard to keep cultivars that low because the, when we breed, they naturally want to express a little bit higher each mm -hmm. time as a natural defense. Mm -hmm. So it adds to our work um, and it's not really you're not going to get high off of the, you know, 0.3 versus a 0.8 or 1. You know what I mean? If you took it enough dose of it, maybe so. But the point is, that's actually the zone you need it to be in to be healthy anyway. So that's what I'd like to see in the, in the bigger part of the hemp industry, them raising that bar a little bit, uh, creating genetics for other countries that are in moister climates, um, creating lots of seed for the domestic um, companies that want to go big. Uh, we want to be able to provide them with a cost-effective way to get into the market. Paying a dollar, dollar fifty, two dollars, three dollars for a seed is kind of, it's, you know, it's a cost of doing business, I get it. And, um, but to get into the industry, there's a lot of people that don't have a whole lot of money that do have land. And I'd like to cater to those people as well as the big corporations. I, I, I'd like to see the plant I'm a proponent of the plant. I, I don't necessarily, you know, I love all people, but I really, um, I really push the plant uh, more than my own agenda of, of either, um, I mean. No, I understand. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's all about the plant. If you can keep it on that, she provides everything for you. I don't have to really stress about anything. The world unfolds in front of me constantly, and I just use the plant to help me adapt to all those changes constantly. That's so dope. That's yeah. so dope. Man, that was awesome. And so I guess in your journey as in cultivating cannabis, um, can you share maybe some of the lessons or epiphanies 
or ways that she has helped to change the way you think. You're talking about the way you interact with the world. You kind of take a step back. Um, I guess in comparing before you started growing until until now or, or recently, you know, with having 15 years on your experience on your belt. Yeah, I'd say the the most touching, the most powerful lesson she's taught me is uh, when my wife got sick. I, I, it really messed with me because I've been helping people for a long time, and. And I went to the traditional medicine cabinet, and I couldn't, uh, nothing was working. So I was kind of having my come to Jesus meeting in the backyard, trying to, like, what's going on? Was your wife dying? She had TN, trying general neuralgia, which shuts down the lymph node system, and it, it kind of makes neuropathy throughout the body. It's really intense. Uh, most people, it's called the suicide disease. So it's, you can imagine, it's, people usually kill themselves in six months because it's so intense. So we were four days down that road, and I was giving her every met all the medicine I would been working and helping other people with, and nothing, nothing, nothing worked. Not even a single fake like it might have worked. And so I was having my talk in the back with her, and I was like, "What are you doing to me? What is this about? I've been helping, and now I need it to work. And you're, what's this about?" And she told me that it was the strain that I was looking for to help this kid that I was trying to help before my wife got sick. She, she said, that's the strain you need. So, like a dog in heat, I was after that strain. It was actually called ACDC. It was right when it was hitting the market. And it had came out from the Jaime um, breeding project at Dreddy Aaron's, but I didn't get the very first cut I got like maybe the fifth cut and I had a small plant this big and I needed the oil from it now, right? And so um, we ended up getting the oil at day eight and uh, I, I put it in her hands and the neuropathy instantly started to melt from her lips going back and she just looked at me and started wow. crying and that it this like, holy shit. And then within two hours, the, the swelling had gone down. It was like a key in a lock. It was as if it was meant to be bigger than, it was bigger than me at that point. And I had the epiphany again that I had had four days prior to go get that strain. And I promised to God, weed mother, whoever was talking to me that day, that if this worked, I'll, I will devote my entire life forever to helping the world be exposed to this plant in all of its glory. And four days later, I get it, and it worked. And I had the second epiphany right then, which is something I've never had so many. Two epiphanies that close and talked to me again and said, don't forget our agreement. So I went out and got a testing machine pretty much right after that and went, I was doing construction and weed at that point. I quit doing construction and went old, totally into cannabis and testing and de creating strains and, and, and helping with whomever I could, whoever wanted. And we went poor, don't, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like all of a sudden I, I was rich because like I said, I wasn't selling. I never, we never sold the stuff. It was all about the plant and getting it to people as, crazy as that sounds you know and I have three kids it was it's been stressful as can be 
we don't have a lot of money. We still don't have a lot of money. I still am pushing so hard to, to get this 100 acres going and, and make it happen because we haven't taken on any, any investors and we don't owe anybody any money and we are solvent in that respect. And we've done this all on our own blood, sweat and tears the last 15 years with great friends like Kevin Jodry and Ooze and Jason and the whole crew. I mean, this is, this is a really tight group and the harder it gets, the tighter we get. And I, I, that gives me excitement about the future because we are gonna make it through this. It is weird, but we will survive because we got the right intentions. Mm -hmm. We're doing it for the right reason. Mm -hmm. The good guy will win. <laughs> you have a powerful story, a really powerful story. I had no idea. It's moving. And I know that when the industry sees this, when the world sees this, we, I just started, so I'm working on getting my visibility up, but for sure um, the industry is taking a look. We're already seeing the effects of the work that we've been doing as a platform. Um, and so thank you for being com feeling comfortable enough to, to really share, I mean, the show of emotion was dope, man. It was moving to me. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean to get emotional over it. I've told the story a few times, but it's, it's real and it's, I'm real. I, what you see is what you get. I don't ever pull any punches. Just the guy you see right now is the same guy you're going to see every time you meet me. I might be a little more or less stoned, but mm -hmm. I'm always me. We have been smoking wild and speaking of which. I know. Um, do you want to rip this up? Yeah? I definitely need to rip this up right now. <laughs> and, and you're passionate about CBD, um, plants that have that are dominant, uh, THC dominant. Well, I'm passionate. Well, CBD was the, the launch point for us to, to get medical embraced. But uh, THCA is really what's going to be helping save lives. CBD extends and makes life better. It makes joints better. So it's really all the compounds that I'm about. I mean, I don't want to get pigeonholed into just CBD because while it is great, I want to really focus on the whole 198 other ones, you know, besides THC and CBD. Because that's the, the exposed, the There's going to be magic there, right? Oh, are you kidding? We think we're doing something with one out of 200 and we hit it out of the gate? I mean, come on. Wait till we get a compound of CBG in 30 to one. It, that's going to be changing the game. We don't know what that does to the body. That's what leaves me so excited about the future. Mm -hmm. We don't even know what's about to happen. <laughs> and how did you connect with the investors? How, how, did, how did you grow in that direction? Which investors? Well, uh, the project that you're talking about, the nano injections, um, 30 to 1 other CBG friends, project. Uh, people just know me through being in the industry. They call and say, hey, what, how do we get weed into nano shit? And I start talking for 10 or 15 minutes. They're like, oh my God, send me some isolate. We can do this. And then we start testing on it and that, that happens. Um, but it was a friend of a friend introduced us. So um, that's how that one went down. And while you smoke, um, I'll just ask you a question. What kind of advice can you give um, folks who are looking to do what you do? that are also fascinated by CBD, that also had a close call with a relative, and that may, ha may not have made a sacred commitment with the universe, which I understand and I respect very much. I admire, admire you for that. Um, what kind of advice would you give them? Keep your nine to five job? Put yourself in a position to get those kind of commitments from the universe. 
Don't quit your nine to five job. Take up a hobby, pop a few seeds, make some oil out of it. Reach out to us, reach out to anybody that's making the oils. It's really easy to do. You know, I'm the proponent, like I said, of the plant, but I'm also a proponent of, of someone feeding themselves. You know, it's nice if I come feed you something every day, but you're gonna get dependent on me coming to feed you that medicine. And that's not really beneficial to us all. I want you to understand how to make your own medicine for yourself because that ultimately you're gonna teach other people. And now, you know, it's, it's like the, the Jesus thing, feed him for a day or teach a man how to fish and let him feed himself for a lifetime. And can you repeat what you talked about, the butterfly effect, how, I mean, you, it was very genuine what you said, you know, if you're not doing good, that doesn't resonate with me because. Right, well, we all are one. And the more we all realize that we all are one, it's kind of cliche to say that we're all one, but when you really embody we are all one, you see the effect of your own butterfly effect on the world. Because while you might see yourself as an individual, your effect is much greater. And whether you recognize it or not, doesn't diminish the fact that you have affected other people. And those other people that you affected could be going off doing 10 times more powerful things than you at your moment, and, but that's only giving you credence to your moment and why you are here to do your own thing, to come up with your own moment and why you feel like you're here. I, I feel like I'm here to spread the plant and help the world get exposed to it and all she has to offer. And what we, know, what, what we do know about it now is great and what we don't know about the future is exciting. How you're talking about the nano injection, that's fascinating, dude. Yeah, oh, it's, it's cutting edge shit. Uh, and I don't even know how much I was supposed to say, but Oh, it's it, about getting uh -huh. the medicine out, though. That's, that's my thing, right? So I don't... It is what it is. Everybody should be doing it. <laughs> Did you rip that already? Did you? Uh, Did no, you? I think that's uh, it. The battery's out? Yeah, let's see. What's your biggest... Um, be Do you have a, a beef with the industry right now? I don't have a beef with anybody. I think everybody's doing what they do. If you're greedy, you're going to try to be more greedy. If you're more loving, you're going to try to be more loving. If you're more respectful of the plant, you'll be more respectful of the plant. I, I think at the end of the day, Mother Nature always finds a way to circumvent what suppresses it. So I align myself with nature and know that nature's always going to take care of us and take care of itself. So if being greedy is in alignment with that for some people, then see how that works out for you. If not, then stay on the good side, I guess. So that, that's where I live, trying uh -huh. to stay on the, the positive side. Dude, I'm learning so much just being here, just soaking up your energy and like the things that you have to say. This is dope, man. And one thing I learned about Humboldt County, and I think that the uh, corporate industry or outside industry kind of passes judgment on, is like, look how we're dressed, man. We're just like ordinary guys, and we are ordinary people. And you investors out there, you guys are ordinary people too. But oftentimes our ego gets in the way of... Uh, you know, maybe a better way of doing things. Yeah. And so what's dope is you're not the first person and you won't be the last that I've talked to up here. And you know, uh, I've made the mistake of, of judging a book by its cover yet. Yeah. Your book is so profound, man. It's such a... Few people make promise to the universe or have that opportunity, right? Yeah. And the universe does correct you if you break that promise. Absolutely. It does remind you. and. I've, I've experienced that in a, in a way in my life. And so that, that's why it really resonated with me. And it's almost like people sell their soul to the devil, right? Yeah. And, and you're not selling your soul to the universe, but you're making this promise so the universe holds you accountable. That's right. And when you make that bond, it, 
it takes care of you, man. You don't have to stress. Like, I don't know where my next dollar is coming from, but I know I'm always going to be taken care of and I'm happy. I mean, I, I say that I don't know where my next dollar is coming from, but it's, you know, it's a saying. I, mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You just embody. For, for folks who, like, are, are watching this and they're, like, uh, maybe excited or turned on or, or like, like, how do I learn more? How can I mentally transition or spiritually, spiritually transition to the concepts that you're talking about? What would be your, your advice of, like, the first steps to take? Do you mind if I rip it as well? No, man, go for it. My advice is to grow a plant. The relationship you, you get from growing that plant doesn't matter how big it is, you make the plant grow, you turn it into a flower, you turn it into an oil, and you eat it. Eat it in, in, in slow amounts, and then ratchet yourself up. I think that is step one. Clearing, clearing your whole, your, your own body. Because it's, it's, it's a very powerful detox. And not only you growing it and having the experience and assimilating with the plant, it will produce for you what you need. It's an experience. And if, if people have never grown even a vegetable and, and, and eaten that tomato that they grew, that's a spiritual experience. Or hunt down an animal, kill it, clean it, and eat it as prayer for giving thanks that it gave you life. Not just going out shooting things and, and killing, you know. The, those types of things are spiritual connections to the earth. And when you can do that with a cannabis plant and then make the oil out of it, it does something different to you. And I'm not going to tell you what it does, but to experience that will change your life forever. That experience will go out like the butterfly effect into the world more than you can ever appreciate. And what you do once you've taken more oil and you've cleaned your body, that's all, you know, up to your own path. What, what, what you're exposed to, how you roll with the punches. What, mm-hmm. Who are you? What are you made of? And Kay, what are we made of? What does cannabis culture mean to you? Cannabis culture mean to me. What is cannabis culture? It's, it's, enjoying, it, it's enjoying your lifestyle, right? Doing what you love, embodying making your own food and, and being healthy and, and having a powerful mind. And to me, that's, it's, it's the ultimate freedom and being able to do that. So that to me, what it's about. So the ultimate freedom. It's the ultimate freedom, right? Not only, I mean, I always had this vision of doing a movie of this guy's trying to figure out his life, smoking a, his last bag of weed on the side of the road. <coughs> on the side of the road or in his, in a strange place. And he's trying to figure out life. And he looks down, he sees he has a couple of seeds in the bag. And he takes those seeds and plants those seeds. And the, the story changes his life, right? I can tell you the story for all over. But from those just few seeds, he was able to pollinate, make more seed, clone off more and sell and start making clones and made medicine. I mean, the possibilities are endless from a single couple of seeds, right? And a human and that connection. That to me is just freaking amazingly powerful. Is it love? It's either love or fear. You're either going to operate from a place of love and connection and and trust, or you're going to be fearful that you won't have it 
and you'll make fear-based decisions, which lead you into a strange place. Mm -hmm. So just trust in the universe. Make, make your, your, com your, your commitment or your, uh, your covenant with the universe, and it will always take care of you. And then trust in it. It's simple. <laughs> That's dope, man. You talked about the first step being literally growing a plant, making the oil, ingesting it. Do you recommend meditating or taking walks in nature or eating? You mentioned you've been organic for a long time. <coughs> totally or vegan, organic. I'm sorry. Vegan or just no, organic? No, or organic. Um, I eat meat. 20% um, meat, 80% veggies. Just try to, you know, that's the goal. Um, all organic, all local as we can get. I haven't eaten fast food in 12 years. My kids don't even know what McDonald's is. They've Good. never eaten there or any fast food place. We still justify uh, in and out Burger. I ain't gonna lie. You know what? It's really good. <laughs> I had I cheated on an In and Out a long time ago, I, I, when we were down south. And what I like about them is they're not publicly traded, right? So I think they they don't have they're on a different business plan. Let's put it that way. So I think that if you're gonna eat fast food, why not In and Out? <laughs> Do you have anything you want to say to the cannabis community in Humboldt County? Any words of encouragement? Or as, as being somebody that's from, from within the culture, inside the community, um, this is a platform that will, you know, be seen by many, um, but, you know. I would say that? hang in there. It, 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 it's brutal right now. Um, just hang in there, downsize, lower your overhead, stay focused on what you do well. You don't need to vertically integrate to be the man. Just whatever you do really well, that's your that's your thing. You've you've been doing it way before anyone else in the in the country. So just stick with that and get better at it, and showcase that, and, and then build on that. The next thing that you're better at, and then go to that next. Taking over the world with cannabis isn't going to happen for any one individual. Just <clears throat> ride it out. It, you know, hang in there the best you can. It it will get better. The majority of the hard part, I guess, for getting permitted is the, the gauntlet, I guess, is largely over because for the last three years we've been trying to get permitted and they've been changing the bar pretty regularly. So that's been, you know, a, a large obstacle. That seems to be stopping. So I think we're hitting the bottom of craziness. Now it's going to start to tack into a mature market. And if you can hang on to your permit and, and grow good pot, and grow it organically and clean as you can, you'll be in the, you'll be in the game. Enter a couple of contests, let's try to do something fun. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> and speaking of fun, uh, tourism in Humboldt County, um, how do you think that's gonna pan out? Uh, it, do you see yourself participating in it? Uh, I'm already participating in it. Oh um, shit. Well, you kind of I, talked about it earlier. I uh, no, I haven't talked about this one yet, I, and I'll probably Maybe hold probably, off on okay. that one. Yes, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Ganjay smoke break first, first. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, dude. I love it. Cutting edge. Yeah. Okay. So I think tourism is um, it's going to the Sonoma of wine will be here, right? We're gonna have weed. This is weed country. Um, we're investing a lot of money in tourist dollars. <laughs> And um, there's a lot of great companies out there. Elevate the Magic is a, a one of them. Um, so they're, they're doing a lot of good things uh, to get people 
mm-hmm. to come to the area. And they're doing it really professionally. It looks really clean. It's really top notch. And when people come, they're gonna see that it's about an experience, right? And when they come and feel that good vibe experience, they're gonna keep coming back and they're gonna tell their friends. And we're just beginning to scratch the surface of actual tourism, I believe, and getting out there. We were just meeting with Matt from uh, Cannabis Tours a couple of weeks ago. He's all like with another We'll have some fun stuff to talk about in another meeting on that one too. So I think tourism is going to be really, it's what's going to um, underpin this industry here and really root it down um, differently. That taproot, that dry farm, like you were saying, it's that water plane. That's right. Is that water tablet or water plane? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, the water table. Water table, that's what you said. Yeah. And then you said from one day to the next, it explodes. That's right. Yep. So that's what's, I see that happening. And in my mind right now, Jared, I'm thinking how it's such a tough time, right? And it's like, it's dry, it's, it's, it's arid, there's no water and we're having a tough time surviving. But if uh, we can survive the time that it takes to t- get that water table, if we're gonna flourish like you're saying. Yep. And I totally believe that. <laughs> the same I'm trying to do in San Jose. And as our equity program takes shape, um, what I have in mind is establishing an independent supply chain from the Emerald Triangle craft, true craft. So you nice. guys also have um, your outlet Perfect. Uh, in, in urban, dense places like, like San Jose. That's right, getting it to the people. And, and I'm super excited, man. Um, do you have any goals for yourself uh, for the end of the year? The year's halfway over, or maybe for next year? Um, getting the hemp permits. Uh, well, we got the hemp permits, but getting the land developed the way so we can hit the ground running next year and have that 100 acres really pumping out. Um, or the 80 acres on the industrial hemp and then the 20 acres pumping out the seed stock and and new cultivars and stuff. That's a big project. So getting that infrastructure in this year, I don't even see us probably putting too many plants in the ground this year. Uh, You know, we will just because we have to, because I'm a freak. Um, But I'll be largely focusing on next year, hitting the ground, running really hard. Um, On the industrial aspects, I'm not trying to make smokables out of this hemp. I'm, I'm trying to take it into the textile industry, um, the fibers, because that's largely untapped. And it's, you know, if you're gonna be in this game for, you know, a while, you gotta be always on the cutting edge of mm-hmm. what's not explored yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where I'm going. <laughs> Sweet, man. Um, you know, I think we've had an awesome interview, Jared. I'm um, just trying to think off the top of my head that we're here. Someone's to talk to you, like whether it's about the butterfly effect or CBD in general. <clears throat> Are there any misconceptions about CBD or misunderstandings that you think the public has? Or Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> CBD, you know, people want to, you know, it's a very big buzzword right now. And people are trying to just create these isolates and put them in everything and say and promise the world. And there's a lot of placebo effect going on with that. You really need to make sure where you're getting it from, a quality source. You really want to know the farm if you can, the soil it was grown in, all that. Just because it has low THC and it's fallen into a CBD product that you can buy, investigate it. Check out where it comes from. Make sure that, you know, the, the, the person growing it's responsible if you're going to consume it. Now, if you're buying a tile or a wood flooring or some plywood out of it, you could probably be a little less um, you know, restrictive on. I like what you said, placebo effect. Yeah. I think that's totally summarized. I think you're absolutely right. 
Yeah, well, that's largely what's going on because they're using chemicals to create these isolates and then putting them in such low amounts and products that people are thinking they're getting effects, but you know, largely it's, it's a placebo effect. And one of the last questions I'll ask you, Jared, um, hemp, we're gonna see it uh, be applied to many different industries. Yeah. And you mentioned textile. Yeah. Um, is that the most exciting application for you or are there other applications that may take, you know, a couple of decades to, to develop? Sure, fuels, plastics. It, it, it's, everything. Everything. Wow. Yes, hemp can go into literally every single product we know. We can eliminate fossil fuels with it. It's a matter of how do we do it. Not only is it superior in quality, it's renewable. So renewable. we're just being boneheads by using fossil fuels. And I know that fossil fuel companies probably hate me saying that, but no, hey. hey, come talk to me. I'll figure out to get you the right strain so we can get you making more money, right? Off of fucking something renewable instead of something that's poisoning us. Is there an email address or any kind of contact info? I'm uh, cannabisconsulting.global at gmail.com. And I, have I like that, dot global. Yeah, it's, I've had it for a minute. And then we're doing uh, Lost Coast Wellness mm -hmm. on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us more about Lost Coast Wellness? I can. Lost Coast Wellness <coughs> is um, my wife and I put this company together. And while I told you my wife became ill and I helped her kind of get the right oil and, and we survive we both became very passionate as you can imagine and so she's taken it into the sound uh she plays planetary gongs and she you know i'm not even going to try to explain what she does but it's amazing stuff and sound she, healing sound healing um and, and she has her own studio um in shelter cove nice where she does yoga and reiki and sound wow. healing and With sound baths and all kinds of amazing, it's a, it's a therapeutical, therapeutic spot where people can go and recharge and kind of, you know, be exposed to sound healing. Uh, she does classes with uh, CBD sound. Um, so she's, she's in it in a large way also. Um, and she helped me uh, with the Lost Coast Wellness. And that's our vision of having people come out to the Cove, stay in vacation rentals, and kind of um, let us help them understand uh, about cannabis plant, taking oils, you know, just learn firsthand maybe uh, how to make oils, how to make these different things, kind of doing classes and seminars and kind of getting people out to the cove to kind of make that more of a healing uh, retreat place where people are known, and what, you know, mm -hmm. we come known for having a healthy mm -hmm. environment. That's a nice vision. In fact, we, we just became a uh, zero uh, glyphosate uh, town. We just, Shelter Cove? Yeah. So we, were, we just had a really That's big awesome. issue and we were about to renovate the airport and they were gonna spray a whole lot of glyphosates there. The contractor that got it was about to basically poison us and we were able to come together as a community and signed a petition and went to the RID and had a special meeting. And as a group, as our community came together at the last minute and got them to stop using the glyphosate. And it was such a powerful um, thing for the kids to see. It really was, I'm kind of not even, 
I'm not hitting on it properly, of how amazing it really was. It, it kind of gave us back the community in, in a way that was really special. And again, you said special real quick, and I'm sorry, I kind of just jumped in there. Yeah. Uh, Shelter Cove is special, and you live there. How can you describe it to the audience that's never been to Shelter Cove, man? Jeez, it's paradise, right? It, we have homes right on the ocean. It's, it's uh, sparsely trees around. There's a golf course around an airport that's unregulated, so it's very few flights. You may get one a day. You know, on a busy weekend, we might get five. But that place is, it's home. You know, it's uh, you, fishing, lots of great fishing. We have some of the best surf spots, Big Black Sands and Dead Man's. It's epic surfing. It's um, an amazing spot. My buddy just got into paramotoring, so he's now blasting around paramotoring out there. It's, it's really a cool, cool spot. If you haven't been there, you got to come see it. Hell yeah, dude. You see any big ass whales or sharks? Oh yeah. Well, on Christmas Day, we saw um, several. We had a family of five. I have videos of it on my Instagram. It Orca? was blasting. Whales offshore. Um, we can see them from my house. I can see, you know, the ocean and the That's airport. That's dope, yeah, dude. I gotta have you out. It's pretty wild. I'll show you my greenhouse and all my lab equipment. It's awesome. I man. say lab equipment. It's testing. I have a GC machine, so I'm able to do um, gas chromatograph. Mm -hmm. I can test all the compounds in cannabis as a baby and kind of tailor strains and kind of know what I'm getting into before I have to run it the whole year. So that's why I've got so many. I, you know, I made another 22 varietals this year or this two months. <laughs> You know, I'm constantly making stuff, so. I was just thinking how as our industry matures and people start coming out here, they're gonna to wanna to be buying property. Uh, if spots are available in Shelter Cove, in the near future they probably won't be, or maybe it'll take a few years. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> but it's just, I'm so happy for what we're going to experience, those that are holding on and finding that water, looking to, you know, hold off for that water table. Yeah. It's gonna be a flourishing time. And I think it'll help us to be to even further demonstrate what a healthy relationship with money is. Because yes. one thing I've admired here is a lot of the guys, there are problems within the culture in Humboldt in that um, money can be perilous. Right. But I've also seen donations to community centers and investments in the land, not just purchasing land, but uh, you know treating it respectfully. Right. And I'm excited for that to be more at the forefront because I think that as a society, our... Um, the relationship that we have with with money is oftentimes self um it, it's not as as healthy as it as it could be maybe yeah. or you know what i'm saying we don't uh and oftentimes the true happiness i say isn't related to money right. and i'm learning that from you you know yeah. what i'm saying well all the good things in life are free you you know what i mean you don't need we don't need money for what we're doing right now. You know what I mean? Like, Can you say that again for the camera? <laughs> <laughs> you don't need money. All the free things in life are free. I mean, all the good things, all in, the life. Good yeah, things yeah. in life are free, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. you, you know, love, uh, respect, all, all those things are, are free. And so money is a, is a tool that we use to, to, to move all the other objects around in life so that we can have the things we need, right? It's it, but people get wrapped up into that so hard that 
they institutionalize themselves into believing they have to have it. And the more you get, the more paranoid you get to thinking that someone's going to take it, what makes you have to make more. And it's a, I see it with wealthy people all the time. Like I, I've been around some of the wealthiest people in the world and I've been around them before they were wealthy. And I've seen them change often. And it's not healthy. Money corrupts. Mm -hmm. It absolutely corrupts people. So I've, that's why I've not charged and I've stayed away from, I just want to help people and let the plant do its thing. I want to remove myself and my ego as much as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. So that's where I stay. I'm trying to be as humble as I possibly can always. Let the plant show me what to do next. Stay high. And I just keep happening, running into the right things at the right time. Man, I'm really digging your vibe, dude. Uh, Julie Cariello, she's with Skunk Magazine, and she's uh, somebody who coined the term Green Renaissance. And mm -hmm. she's, and I see more, maybe females are more in tune with their emotions or kind of like centered in spirituality, maybe, or I'm not sure what to call it. But what I just want to commend you on is um, you're definitely a, a male in our industry who's really balanced and solid in that regard. And I look forward to you, to, for you to continue to keep spreading your light and you're in the message, it's, it's universal and it's dope, man. I, you enriched me today, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate you acknowledging that because that ultimately touches me because that's my goal. I, I wanna share as good a vibe as I can around. The plant helps me do that. If I can do it on video and help people spread good vibes, even better. So I commend you for really not only doing this as a job, but for the, for the community, but for me, for helping me come out and, and talk about it. So. Thanks, man. And it's your first interview, right? Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Jared, I appreciate you, man. Um, <laughs> thanks, and I can't wait to smoke. We're going to smoke real quick yeah, after sure. this. Yeah, for sure. Let's go do it. But yeah, man. <laughs>